Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hello, Man Up, Man Down listeners. It's another episode with me, David, and my friend, Volker. And this week, we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, Volker's quite an expert in, um, and it's mindfulness. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm an expert in it. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how many people we're speaking to know what mindfulness is. So, uh, well, let's start by, you know, how, how would you describe mindfulness Volker? Oh, that's that's a good question, right? So I haven't prepared for this episode, I need to say, and I'm a bit men, men down today because I got up really early, went to the gym, went for a run. There's lots of work stuff bothering me. But anyway, not, not to complain. You know, it's a first world problem. And I'm very mindful of it. Yeah, I, I teach mindfulness, if I say not for a living, but for, I don't want to say it's a hobby, but I, I got into, I get, you know, may, maybe I start the other way around. I got into meditation years ago, I'd say 2005, 2006. Um, there were a couple of things I, I changed in my life. One was the 5 a.m. routine, which we could speak about some, some other time. Um, because a lot of successful people did a 5 a.m. routine. So, but, you know, t- truth to be told, you're not going to be successful because you have a 5 a.m. routine. But if you have a 5 a.m. routine, you know, you have more time to, to get things done. And I still have a 5 a.m. routine, which I absolutely love, but I don't compromise on sleep, so I'm in bed at 9 or 10 o'clock. The reason I'm saying that is because I have a morning routine. So I'm, I'm an early bird person, and every morning I meditate for 20 minutes. And I have done that for, I don't know how many years. But, you know, like, like most people, I started out with two-minute meditation, mm-hmm. three-minute meditation. And I started that around about 2000. 2006, um, joined a Buddhist meditation center in Covent Garden after work, fell asleep most days, to be honest, but never looked back. And having gone through so many redundancies, talking about mental health, I think if I hadn't had my mindfulness practice, um, I think I might not be, if I say here or here in the same form as I am am today. So I think it definitely saved me from giving up it gave me perspective it, it helped me through the rough times and helped me through the good times as well so so a bit of a big story i mean you've you've sort of sort of used the term meditation and also the term mindfulness what um are the two different and you know what is the difference yeah so so i still haven't defined mindfulness really um the nhs and like in every course i teach i I like to use that from the NHS because I have a very simple explanation of mindfulness, if I know, remember at the top of my head. But uh, they, they say it's, you know, it's being present, you know, in, in the moment, right? That's that's being being mindful of, of the present moment. And that could be as simple, and I think that's how they describe it, of touching a banister when you're walking up or down the stairs. So what it is, is we, we're all on autopilot, 
you know, David, as, as you know, as the listeners don't know yet, we both are currently subscribed for for mindful eating exercise, of course, testing it for, for, for someone. And again, it's about being mindful about what you eat and how you eat, mm. how quickly you eat. And that's what mindfulness is. So any any activity you you want to do can be done in a mindful way. And it's getting rid of this autopilot because a lot of things we, we're doing in day-to-day life is, is being on autopilot. So we, I don't know, to use the stairs, right? We're running up the stairs. We don't feel the banister. We don't feel the wood. We do it, you know, without any intention. We don't touch anything. We just want to get from A to B. You know, we, we're rushing from one meeting to another, you know, from, from one Zoom call to another. And instead of stopping for a second and, and having an intention to go into the next meeting, to, to, to calm your mind maybe down just, just before that meeting. We, we're constantly on this autopilot, I think, for, for most things we do, right? And, and it's good as well, right? So if you, if you think about it, you know, you, you don't need to think about, you know, when you eat, you know, how to, th- you know, how to eat, what to eat, how much to eat. But then if you're not conscious about eating and mindful about eating, we, we just scoff things down our throat or, or, or eat too much, we overeat or we undereat. So that's, that's as simple as that. That's, that's what mindfulness is. So it is sort of almost just being more intentional, um, more intentful. I mean, yeah, like one of the ways that I sort of heard it described, well, is sort of breaking out of of sort of things that are routine. I mean, you sort of spoke about going mm-hmm. to the gym. You know, it, sometimes it can be as simple as rather than just going to the same locker that we use in the changing rooms every time, yeah. going, actually, I'm going to go around to another part of, of, of the changing room and use yeah. a different locker rather than, as you say, just being on autopilot and, and not really thinking, well, you know, you can get yeah. changed into your gym kit and the whole time you're thinking about, well, for me, it might be about, you know, a blog that I'm writing for a client. And yeah, I'm, I haven't actually been aware of who's in the dressing room with me. Um, yeah. Maybe that's not the best example because you don't want to be like uh, no, looking at other men. But yeah, it, it's. I mean, th- think about your commute to work, right? I and mean, I know we're commuting less these days, right? But um, there's a brilliant exercise. So if you always walk on the left hand side of the road to the station, right, and then you get out and you're walking on the right hand side of the road, for argument's sake, when when you get out before you get to the office, just change that to the right and the left hand. And, and, and realize how how life looks different, how the mm. houses look different. And just being mindful of these these changes, although there are no changes that, you know, be mindful of, of a different perspective. Um, make, mix it up a bit. Um, be, you know, I mean, if, if I asked you whether you have a wooden or a metal banister at your, at your place of work, you probably wouldn't know. Mm. You know, you, you don't pay attention to it. Is it important? No, of course it's not important. You know, it's it's a banister. However, if if you lift very mindful, you would be aware of all these things. When we look at mindful or, or Buddhist principles, and that's that's where it's coming from, Buddhism, mm. Hinduism. And if I say I I'm, I've never seen Buddhism, I guess that's how I got started as a as a religion. It's more philosophy for me, a way of life. And it's not like I mean we discussed it. It's not like I don't drink or I don't eat meat. I mean I don't eat a lot of meat, but. You know, for, for, for me, they're, they're guiding principles. And the guiding principles are 
um, if I say four, four, four main ones, so they're compassion, so compassion for you and others. It's mindfulness, so so being mindful of you know yourself, your environment, what 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 you do day to day. Then gratitude, which I'm sure we're going to talk about it as, at some point as well. I mean, you know, I I have a gratitude journal, um, you know, and I think it's it's important. Um, in my former podcast, um, a friend of mine phrased it completely different, but said the same thing. He said. You have to look at the bright sparks in your mm. brain. You, know, you have to focus on the positivity. And, and the other principle is self-awareness, being aware of, your, you know, of, of yourself. And that, that's where it starts. And if you like, all of these principles are expressed through different practices. And, and one of it is meditation. So right. yeah, talk, talk me and the listeners through meditation. So let let's sort of talk about your first experience at Covent Garden. Um, yeah, so you you basically you'd you'd you know been hearing that a lot of high achievers that you know part of their routine yeah. is meditation. Yeah, and I figured you know why, why don't I give it a go because I want to be successful, right? So so I, I joined up to this course. I think I don't remember was it six quid, eight quid a session. So all paid in cash at the time. And there was a Buddhist monk I ended up writing a blog with in the end. And yeah, we were sitting in this room and there was some teaching, a bit of prayer and stuff, which I didn't overly like, to be honest. I couldn't identify with it. And then I, I, I don't even think it was a guided meditation as such. I think we just should, should close our eyes. And I think it was a bit of chanting in there. And I found it all a bit awkward, quite frankly. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite for me, but I thought if, if that's what I have to do to, to learn how to meditate, then let's go, let's, let's try it. And I, um, as I say, I've, I've, you know, I, was, I think it was on a Tuesday or Thursday night, so I fell asleep most times because I was just knackered from the day. And then I, I listened to, to Tim Ferriss a lot at, at the time. And obviously we, we're going back 15 years. So, so he just got into meditation, I suppose, at the time. And he suggested, I think it was him, maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was someone else I listened to at the time, but just just sit at home and, and try to sit still, focus on your breathing for two minutes. So so I did that. And I still have my diary, actually. I need to look it up. So I started with two minutes and with five minutes and then with 10 minutes and 15 minutes focusing on, on my breathing. And and all you do is is you 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 focusing on your breathing. And whenever there's a thought coming up, you know, you, you acknowledge the thought for what it is. And then you let the thought go. Which, which is kind of way I, I compared a little bit to um, re- reframing a little bit um, what you learn in NLP, in neurolinguistic programming. I did my master practitioner many years ago that you, you can take thoughts and, and reframe them. You can change the picture, you can change the color, make it bigger, smaller. And I always compare it a little bit like that. If, you, if a thought pops up, it pops up, you make it smaller, 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 and you let it go. And it just really comes comes your mind. It it helped me. So I started, you know, I would have to be lying. I don't know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes meditation at some point. Um, and that's if I say that's focus meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, the the end of last year, actually, end of twenty twenty one, I did a course in transcendental meditation, which is is you know, if you Google it, you find all these institutes and the five grand courses and God knows what. Um, or Buddha knows what, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, so so it's it's a very popular way of of meditating because for, instead of trying to sit still and focus on focus on nothing, if you like, 
um, or on your breathing, you're focusing on a mantra. So you refine mm -hmm. the mantra that is given to you. Um, and it's, it's a different way of meditating. It's almost a little bit easier. Um, I can't quite decide what, I can't quite decide what, what I prefer, to be honest. So I'm mixing it up depending which mood I'm in. Yeah. So do you meditate at the same time every day? And is it just once a day? Do you meditate for different reasons? So if I say I meditate, I meditate as soon as I get up. It's the first thing I do. So I literally wake up and then go into meditation for 20 minutes. And I mean, do you, so do you leave the bedroom and go into another room yeah. and? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a little prayer bench actually. So, so for tall people, for small people, meditate looks like, right? For people, your, your, your feet fall, fall asleep, right? Or your, your legs fall asleep. So I have a little medit, you know, like a little bench I'm sitting on. It uh, doesn't mean you can't meditate in bed, for instance, right? So if you, if, if, if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I can't, can't go back to sleep, I meditate in bed and uh, it totally calms me down and I go back to sleep. So it's a bit of a treat sometimes to do that. Sunday morning, I meditate in bed and then go back to sleep for an hour. It's brilliant. You're just so relaxed. Um, so yeah, so I, so I get up, so I have this morning routine. I get up every morning, uh, meditate for 20 minutes. I don't necessarily meditate on topics. I know other people do. Um, so for me, it's just really really calming my mind down first thing. Should I do it more than once a day? I mean, you, you asked the question. So when, whenever I teach a course and people go like, oh, I don't have enough time to meditate 20 minutes. I'm like, no, you do, right? You can easily fit it in. And I tell them you can fit in two times 20 minutes. But I don't. Yeah. So I, if I say I deliberately don't, if I say I deliberately, I, I decided not to because I would have to do it at night and at night I'm far too tired. Mm -hmm. um, I think I mentioned it before in the podcast, right? I, I take a 20 minute nap at lunchtime, which mm -hmm. gives me, it's like a meditation. It calms down my, my mind at lunchtime. And when I teach my courses, I teach like, for instance, a three minute breathing space where you know, it's, it's a meditation you can do in 30 seconds, a minute, three minutes, 30 minutes, if you want. It's, it used to be called a three-minute breathing space, but, you know, it's a three-step breathing space now. And it's just a really easy meditation where you you just kind of calm down your mind. You you, you then focus just on your breathing. That's, you know, I, I, we describe it as, a, as an hourglass, kind of like you, you, you get all your thoughts in and you really calm down and then you open up again a little bit. Um, before you before you tackle the next task and it's just a nice way to to calm yourself down if you're really stressed doing work so i mean when two questions really yeah how long was it before you kind of felt comfortable with sitting there or you know sitting or lying there or kneeling there listening to your own breath because when you first start and i mean like i I've I've been meditating using you know breathing and mindfulness for quite a few years now, but I go through phases. At the moment, I'm I'm very much in a mindful meditation phase. Yeah, and a lot of that is because you know, sort of over the summer from camping and holidays, I I was drinking you know too much um and basically came from the summer holidays just feeling like shite um full of anxiety yeah. and it's like right i need to get back into my mindfulness practice and i'm about 
almost three three or four weeks. Well, I think I'm, you know, about three and a half weeks in. Yeah. And, you know, this week has, has been pretty busy. As I was saying earlier, um, it was my son's birthday last week. It's my daughter. It was my daughter's birthday yesterday. It's my partner's birthday on Monday. So there's, you know, that going on. My son also had COVID, so he's been off school and I've had lots of work on. But, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm quite sort of on top of things. I feel like I'm on top of things, whereas I know that, you know, faced with that situation a couple of weeks ago, I would have, well, I just wouldn't have felt manageable. Yeah. But I know that when I sort of get back into it, and now I'm sort of at about 15 minutes, sometimes, you know, I'll have a couple of sessions. Sometimes I'll sort of start with just three minutes of breathing. Yeah. And I mean, which sort of, well, I'll come back to, but, but you know, I, I guess, well, I've, I've been using, I've used both Headspace and the Calm app. Um, I mean, obviously, from what you're saying, you know, when you got into this, those apps didn't exist. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, that's the other thing you've talked about, the the Buddhist aspect. And, well, I think, you know, to a certain extent, it was when the Beatles back in the 60s, they kind of were quite responsible for bringing, you know, this sort of Eastern philosophy to, to, you know, like a a Western audience. Yeah, you know, I, I guess... Well, what what I'm saying is if I go through times where I've had a break, you know, sort of when I'm into it, a 10 minute mindfulness session, I'm like, oh, that wasn't long enough. And sometimes I will go, right, well, actually, I'm going to go on a bit longer. Mm -hmm. But there'll be times when I haven't meditated for ages and three minutes feels like three hours. And, you know, you are sort of fidgety and opening your eyes, looking at your watch. So, yeah, sort of, well... It'd be good if you could sort of explain your sort of yeah. journey. I, I, to be honest, I, I, I probably don't remember um, how long it took me. As I say, I could probably look it up because I, I monitor everything. I, I write it down. And to begin with, I didn't meditate every day, right? So I might, might have done three minutes on a Monday, three on a Wednesday, three on a Friday. But it is it comes back to habits and routines, right? I mean, any habit is built in, what do they say, 66 days? It's like for me, it's like brushing teeth in the morning. I meditate. You know, it's, it's hardly that I meditate less than 20 minutes unless, you know, I have to rush to the airport, for instance. I literally don't have time. Mm. But, or, or like when I was on holidays, I actually rushed to the airport and then I meditated on the, on the plane, right? Mm. But I kind of need it. It's like, I feel, it feels awkward for me if I haven't done it. And maybe it's more preventative, as you described, right? It's like you, you can cope with things better because you're, you know, you're, you know, if, if you want to go into details, your amygdala, right? Your, your control center gets bigger and, you know, you can cope with things better. Your flight, flight, fight response, um, which sits in the, which, whichever part of the brain sits. But anyway, so that well, got, gets smaller, right? I've got but, an article here. Uh, yeah. You know, I like my articles. And um, this one's from yeah. Barclay, Barclay, uh, college in the US. Um, It says, according to neuroscience research, mindfulness practices dampen activity in our amygdala, which, you know, is that's the more primitive part, isn't it? The um, sort of survive, as you say, the flight and fight and flight aspect and prefrontal cortex. Both of these parts of the brain help us to be less reactive to stresses and to recover better from stress when we experience it. I mean, I I could get all the presentations up now. It's it's all in the presentations, but yeah, and it's physically proven, right? I mean, if, if you dig, dig up a dead monk, right, they have they have huge foreheads. Um, you don't see it, but, you know, their amygdala 
you know, whatever it's called. It's like it's it's, it's bigger, right? And and so it's, it's physically proven that that it helps you, right? So there's there's no denying that if you meditate, you you can cope with things better. And I I often get told that actually in in, in jobs, right? I, you know, I'm 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 working in sales, and people are like, you're you're not really come across as being very driven, or you know, because I'm I'm quite calm, I'm quite balanced, and I'm like I am, but I'm. You know, I, I don't stress about things as much as I as I used to, right? And I think, you know, it, it depends what you want to, if I say what you want to achieve, right? And, and how long it takes. But I mean, as I say, coming back to to, to your original question, right? I think if, if you start meditating for 66 days, so two months, and, and you form it into a routine, you should keep up that routine. And I'm, I'm someone, once I have a routine and I enjoy the routine, I can't stop it, right? And then pick it up again. Mm. It's just like I, it's it's like almost I'm, you know, I'm addicted to having to have it. It's like I can't just not do it. You know, it doesn't have to be twenty minutes. That's the other thing, right? And a, a lot of mindfulness teachers would would tell you, oh, you have to sit still and you don't have to do this. You know, there, there, there are so many other things you can you can do to meditate, right? And I, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but a lot of people go running, right? Mm. And 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 you know, you you can get in a state of mind where where you if I say ignore everything else once you run, I mean, don't ignore the road you're running on, but you're, you're, you're kind of gone, right? Your, your thoughts are gone. In, in my mind, that's, that's, that's like meditation. Yeah. Right? And I, I spoke to, to work colleagues the other day and he, he, he cycles and that's, that's his outlet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for other people, it might be martial arts or whatever it is. And you don't have to sit down and do that. If, if that doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, right? No, no one says, oh, you have to do that. Right, you you have to find your own way how to how to meditate, whatever your meditation is. You know, obviously the proven path is to sit down, right? And you know, I've I've, I've had sessions where I sat down for forty five plus minutes, right? And and I enjoy that too, right? And I booked a retreat for if I say for December, depending when this podcast goes live. Um, literally just the, the weekend before before Christmas, I'm, I'm going away for a weekend to to sit with some some monks here in the Buddhist center in in, in Sussex and. Uh, uh, Akfield, actually, they I think they are. That is something that I've been wanting to do for quite a long time. Um, yeah. It is going to a, to a retreat. I mean, are there spaces yeah. still left? I, I I don't know. I haven't checked. You, oh. you have to have some basic um, basic knowledge of both Buddhism and, and, and meditation. So, but they have beginners courses as well. Yeah, uh, and and I always recommend that. I mean, for my so I did a mindfulness based stress reduction course. So so the MBSR which was say, invented by, by a chap called John Kabat-Zinn, who is a GP and a yoga trainer, essentially, and, and, and he brought that both together. And that's, a, I think it's an A-to-B course, very popular to, to learn how to deal with stress using mindfulness and meditation. And I deliberately said mindfulness and meditation. So because even in my courses, you know, not, not all the things I teach in every class is, is are meditation. Right, so mm-hmm. some are mindfulness exercises, like mindfulness walking, right, or you yeah. do, um, mindfulness eating, great, great exercises, right. Um, and then there's this, there's another course just kind of to complete that a little bit in terms of giving a whole lecture here. That there's an MBCT, I think it's called, or uh, mindfulness based cognitive therapy. Yeah, and that's a chap called Mark Williams, and that's more you know to to heal depression using mindfulness meditation. To help people with with depression, um, which which goes a bit deeper. And, you know, I don't don't have any dealings with that. 
But uh, Mark Williams wrote a book, just looking at my shelf here, because I, I keep forgetting the, the title. It's, it's, I think, Peacefulness in, in the Frantic World. There it is. And that that book is, is an eight-week course, how to teach yourself how to be mindful and, and how to meditate. And he has all the recordings on SoundCloud. So that's definitely a book I, I recommend. And the, the six-week course I teach, or I taught originally, uh, and I was taught to teach it, um, is actually based on that. And Mark Williams is from the Mindfulness Center in, I think, Oxford. So, you know, I say he has enough um, uh, academic credentials there. Mm-hmm. So oh, I definitely God. recommend that course. And just, just sorry, just to finish it off on, on the apps as well, uh, you mentioned Calm and Headspace, which I, I think I tried them all. I, I, I use Inside Timer. If I fancy a guided meditation, I go to Inside Timer because A, it's free. Um, and B, they have an amazing search function. So you can search for five minutes, 10 minutes, topic meditations or gratitude meditations, obviously very popular, you know, given, given things and, and so on. So, I mean, you sort of said about how, you know, you'd read, you'd heard from people like Tim Ferriss and, and yeah, that um, they did mindfulness. I mean, was it the fact that um, it was portrayed as it keeps you calmer, it keeps you less stressed and, did you consider yourself as quite a stressed person at the time? No, I, I, to be honest, I think, th- thinking back, I think it was more all these successful people, all these successful people, they all meditate. Mm. I need to meditate. I need to find out if it's something for me. Right? Yeah. It made me more successful. And as I got more into it, was I more stressed? Uh, to be honest, when, when I first started, I wasn't that stressed. I mean, not more than anyone else. So I didn't um, didn't feel like I, I needed it to combat stress. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, I mean, you just asked me about about, about stress, right? I, I, I think at the time I, I wasn't stressed, uh, not more than anyone else. However, if, um, if I say I find people, I talk to people these days and they're stressed, I usually suggest to look into mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So obviously it helps. And... I think for me, it was all about, you know, I wanted to be more successful. However, now having, if I say mindfulness in, in my toolkit and, and meditation in my toolkit, I'm better in combating stress. Mm-hmm. So is that know, because you're more sort of, well, you know, we, we sort of talked about, yeah. well, you know, busy, like me, I was saying about, um, you know, busy week in terms of, of, of family and work. Is it that you almost notice the signs that you're getting stressed earlier? Or is it that your reaction to the fact that, you know, you might have to take your son to one birthday party, then get and the other one to a, you know, a training session? And, you know, is it yeah. that you you just think those things are more manageable or? See, I, I don't know what it physically is. Um mm. So, so mentally for me, I think one thing is I have self-awareness, huge, huge amount of self-awareness. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more familiar with my, my, my body-mind connection is, is stronger. So I know when, when stress builds up, right? I know when, it, when it's getting too much and, and I know when I need to slow down and, and, you know, what I need to do. So, you know, sometimes, and I'm sure most of the listeners will understand, you have too many things in your head. You have this mm. monkey mind, right? I need to yeah. do this, this and this and this. And you just need to sit down, write it out, right? Write it down, make a to-do list or whatever you have to do. And then you can be in the moment again because you realize you're not in the moment, right? Because mm. it's 
too many things. I mean, we, we talked about ADHD obviously last week, right? Which is probably, you know, very similar. And that's why mindfulness helps because there's, there's too many things going on. Or you have the storytelling mind. So I was, I was waiting to hear back from a company the other day about some work. And, you know, if I say my, 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 my monkey brain went like, oh, I haven't heard. Mm-hmm. The person is not interested anymore. That person doesn't want to meet me anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get that work. And, and it's, it's a natural instinct. Humans always think of the worst case scenario, right? And, and if, you, if you accept that negative thought and you embrace it, you, you let yourself down and go like, oh, shit. Uh, you know, and then you, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say you, you, you slip into depression. Or, you know, there's, there's a longer mm. journey for that. But you, you can give it quite, if I say depressed, without, if I say in the clinical sense, being depressed. And once, once you, you realize that you have self-awareness that it happens, you, you can calm these voices down and focus on what I said earlier in terms of, you know, gratitude and, and mm. most mindset, you know, all, all these things I think for me kind of interconnect here. You, you, you focus on these bright sparks in your brain and, and the positive things and the things you actually have control of, right? Because we worry a lot about things we don't have control of. Mm. Like I was waiting for a skip to be removed for a bloody week and it annoyed me, but I can't remove the skip. Yeah. I, I well, can't. And, even and with I, all that weight training. I know, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't change it. I can chase people and I'm very good at that, right? I'm very persistent. Yeah. But there's no point of me stressing out about it. Yeah. If I say 20 years ago, I would have gone like, oh, that's not possible. That's yeah. go. And I would have found How myself. How dare out. they? Exactly. And How dare they do this to me? And I don't do that anymore because there's, there's, no, there's no point of doing that, um, you know, whatsoever. Another example, just because it happened yesterday, um, our, our neighbors got really, really angry with, with my son's drumming teacher because he parked outside their door, which is totally legitimate and legal to park yeah. there. But they didn't want him to park there because that's not what they want. Yeah. And, and he pretty much went like, F off, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, should I go over there and just park my car outside the door and have a chat with them? Or should I tell them? And there's no point because they're not yeah. going to change, right? It's, 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 it's wasting my energy. But if I say 10 years ago, I might have done that. Yeah. And I, and I think my mind is just like, I'm less worried about things. Yeah. I, mean, I still worry about, you know, existential stuff and so on. And, and, and I'm still getting stressed out. You know, it's like I'm not a superhuman. But I'm, I'm much more balanced. Yeah. Like I said earlier. So, you know, if, if, if you don't hit target as a salesperson, you don't hit target. There's nothing, you know, if, if you've done everything you can, don't get stressed about it. Look at it from a different perspective and see what else can you change? Yeah. You know, be proactive. And I think these are the things we, if I say we should, we should all learn, but I think that's where, where mindfulness and meditation definitely help because your brain functions differently. Mm. Let's, let's talk about the dog, right? When your dog drives you crazy and you're ready to just murder him, um, you know, and you just go, there's nothing you can do. It's, it's a dog. You can't control yeah. the dog. You can teach the dog, but they're not being malicious. They're, you know, yeah. they're just being, they're just being dog. They're, you know, they are yeah. possibly the most mindful, one of the most mindful creatures there are. But yeah, they do live in, constantly live in the moment, don't they? They do. Still a pain in the bum, so. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had sort of any um, profound sort of experiences? Um, I mean, because I, I, mm. I'll admit there have been a couple of times where, yeah, you know, I wouldn't say reached enlightenment, but... Yeah had you know yeah sort of experiences that 
are completely natural that I might have assumed were only possible through, you know, chemicals or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, like, for, I'm thinking of, like, the, there's a loving kindness meditation yeah. where, you know, it, it's basically you bring love to yourself um, and then, you you know, you give love to people that you love, you know, and then you, yeah. you sort of, it's like, think about someone that's annoyed you and send them love. Um, but yeah, I mean, sort of one of the first times and that, that was a guide, you know, a physically guided meditation. It wasn't on a, uh, an app or anything. And yeah, I, I sort of had quite an emotional experience thinking about one of yeah. those people, which, you know, I was like, wow. Um, and you know, and it's certainly not something I get every time, and and I haven't had an experience like that yeah. since. But well, I, I've always had a theory that you yeah. know the that we that humans don't quite fully understand our potential, and I think mainly from a kind of like mental psychological. Yeah. Partly because of you know when you see some of the things that Shaolin monks can do, you know it's like wow. I mean, and I guess a very coarse way of, of, of describing it is mind over matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so have you, have you be, ever moved a car using a spear pointed at your throat? Um, or, I, you know, but have, moved, have you sort of had any, any interesting experiences? In, in my mind, I moved to skip the other day, but um, <laughs> no, it's, 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 the short answer is no. I had, I had a really interesting discussion with someone who, who regulars, regularly, um, say see things and and, and and visualize things i don't i have other people that claim they have but i don't always believe everyone but i i definitely know someone who has um because we we, we met up it was a really interesting really interesting conversation i haven't been able to do that yet and mm. it used to be a goal of mine but just maybe maybe on that um so if you if you have for instance you know the the, the gratitude meditation you just um you, you just described which and and you know i always say that it, it could be it could be a prayer in a christian church or a muslim church as well right so it's mm. nothing you know there's a concept it's very very similar to to to, to religions there i don't want to say to other religions let's say i don't regard buddhism mm. as a religion where, where you get give thanks thanks to people and, and you just get really emotional about that if you wanted to but, but one of the meditations we, we we teach in our course as well um or i teach in my courses is uh, sitting with difficult things and that is i always suggest to take something small not something something big and what what you do you put you put if i say a, a, a thing you know that, that could be a situation that could be could be your boss right mm. could, could be your wife right your partner um on on that bench on this virtual bench and and you examine that person's situation or whatever from different angles so you you can use meditation to actually, if I say, examine things. So I, I sometimes do that actually in meditation. So when I wake up in the morning and and, and let's say I'm, I'm stressed about something, right? Or I, I'm really worried about something. I, I sometimes use that as an object to to meditate on. I don't do that very often. And I, I, I use, if I say, the same framework you do with sitting is difficult to, to, to do that. But if you do things like that with, with difficult situation, uh, if I say really difficult situation, so let's say, you know, bullying, um, sexual misconduct, um, you know, someone dying, someone being really ill, these, these kind of topics. Of course, it gets really emotional. The question is, is that because of meditation? Or is that because you focus so much 
and focus so much energy on this one topic, mm. right? And it's totally normal that people get upset. And that's why I'm, you know, when I teach the, 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 the course, I'm always very careful who's in the room and, and, and you know, it, so, sometimes I don't do those, those meditations. And then I do something different. But I think that there's a difference between doing that, f- focusing on, on, on something emotional, or if I say be, being enlightened, you know, having, having mm. visions, you know, light flashes, you know, if I say seeing into the future. Or, but, but what you're doing, essentially, if, if I'm not mistaken, the way I understand that you really tap into your unconscious, mm. right? And, and you're getting things up. And um, I, I would almost suggest, you know, do, do some hypnotherapy for that instead. If, if you have really deep issues, get some hypnotherapy first then, you know, maybe examine it this way rather than yeah. via meditation. But I mean... But yeah, it's, anything is possible, right? But I mean, it's sort of, well, one of the things that I've picked up on there, we, you know, what you're talking about, sort of getting over the death of a person and um, my aunt, who I was extremely close to, passed away a year or so ago. And I mean that again that was sort of one you know one of those periods where I hadn't been meditating but yeah I was I was in a bad way and yeah I sort of got through you know through myself back into it in that I was doing 20 minute um meditations and but yeah you know it, again it sort of it really helped me I mean I I'd, I'd sort of I think I might have mentioned this in 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 the sort of a previous podcast but considering sort of you know the 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 different treatments that I've I've tried over the years for anxiety and depression you know I'd say that sort of mindful I mean it's certainly not a quick fix um you know it, as I say well like you've said it's not like you know one minute of, of closing your eyes focusing on your breath and yeah. you know you've you've reached nirvana but um I, when I'm in a regular mindfulness practice, then I, I think I can cope with things a lot better than yeah. non-meditating me can cope with. And, and it is solely because your brain can react differently to situations, right? If, if you if you think about life, uh, fight, flight response, yeah, you know, or fauna, you know, everyone knows what I mean. So if you look, and and I'm, I'm looking at the time, we only have a few minutes left. So so there, there are two things maybe I. You know, if I say, I, I like to mention, I mean, I'm working on that topic. I mean, we, we, we can probably record six or 10 hours of that if, if you want to. But um, so Viktor Frankl, who, who's a Holocaust survivor and, and, and psychiatrist, Austrian. Mm. Was he Austrian? Yeah. Um, he said between stimulus and response, there's a gap for you to decide how, how you respond. And a lot of people don't have that, right? It's like, it's typical, and I, and I use that as, you know, when, when I teach mindfulness in the workplace, it's it's a typical example as you get this email from your boss, you read through it, and you go like, what the fuck is he going on about? I hate him. You know, reply to all, <laughs> you, 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 you tap it all in, sent, and then you reread his email, and you go like, oh, actually, I might have misinterpreted that. And then oh, Have you been, have you been reading my emails? <laughs> yeah. And, and then, obviously, your email looks like you're a total fool, right? But that's a typical example, right? But we do that unconsciously all the time mm. because we constantly on this, again, it's an autopilot reaction, right? So, so let's think about the neighbors I mentioned earlier where, where, where someone parks a car. They don't like the car being parked. So, so that person must be evil, right? That person cannot park there, right? Or, I don't know, 
let's say we we, we make judgments. Right? Mm. We we see someone on 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 the commute, and I just use that as an example. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing that I I always yeah. go on about was during the fuel crisis. It's like everyone queuing for fuel and putting in fuel is evil, and they're selfish. When no. No, what, what, what I'm but, you know, is, but it was the way we reacted to it. But sorry, carry on, I've jumped yeah. in there. No, 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 but, but but it's more like how how we judge people, right? We jump to these conclusions. Like let's say you see someone on the on on a, on a tra- train, let's say on a commute, and and they have their I don't know they have a prayer book open, right? And, and you see that, right? In particular London, and you go like, oh, they must be a certain religion. They they must be very religious. Yada yada yada. We, we don't know. We, we have no idea, right? Because that, that person might have just, as I know, lost a loved one, just found that prayer book and just wanted to read it up. Mm. Um, so, so a lot of people just, just jump to these conclusions. You know, they, they're making judgments, um, you know, or, or, or make decisions on things, you know, without really thinking about it. So Viktor Frankl says, between stimulus, so, so the input we get and our response, and even if the response is just in your head, right? Like, like judging people. We have this gap. We have this moment to just breathe in, breathe out, and just you know, kind of like taking a moment to decide what you want to do. Mm. And another chap, and, and I recommend his book very, very highly. I, I listened to it actually last time on, on the London Marathon last year. It's George Munford. He wrote the book The Mindful Athlete. So he worked with the Chicago Bulls, etc. So very high profile. And um, he, he instead of calling it the gap, he calls it the eye of the storm. And he says, if you're in the eye of the storm, there's no storm, mm. right? So you have this whole storm around you and, and, and you know, shit hits the fan around you, but, but, but you're in the eye of the storm. You're the one that's a calm middle. And that's where you can make your decisions, right? That's where your energy comes from. That's, that's where you are. Yeah, it's just a nice analogy. Sorry, we're running out of time here, but it's... Well, yeah. I definitely think it's it's a well. I think it's a topic that will will come up a lot in other episodes, yeah. and perhaps we'll yeah we'll we'll focus again on it later. Yeah. Well, so thanks very much. Was hopeful. Was mindful. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks very much for uh, sharing your expertise and your knowledge, Volker. Yeah. No. No worries. I I enjoy I enjoy sharing it. That's why why I went into into teaching it. If we, if we can get more people into into mindfulness and you know to come back to to the beginning of the podcast not into meditating and sitting still for 20 minutes every day but just being more mindful of what they do what they think and how they react i think that the world will be a better place as simple as that well that's a, a lovely note to finish on thank you thanks for listening to this week's episode feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.